Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. This is your host, Jenny Wise, and today I am joined by Karen Pasco. She is the SVP of Customer Experience and Design at MasterCard. And Karen has a lot of great experience to talk about today. And in some of the conversations I've had with her brought up a topic that I'm really interested to cover in this episode. So the topic and question of this episode is, you know, how did MasterCard and the CX function sort of respond and pivot in response to the impact of the pandemic? Right. I know this is a really interesting question for so many people here and something so many companies are struggling with. So Karen, we're very glad you're here and welcome to the CX cast. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me. So, you know, the pandemic has really impacted the world in so many ways. And a way of thinking about MasterCard is really being woven into the world and enabling the lives of two and a half billion consumers. So definitely there's a place that we as a company have had an impact. We've seen it globally in different waves as this has traveled. And the most important thing that we've been doing is really working with customers and consumers and all the ways that we're connected into the world economy is really to help get it back on track in any way that our customers need help in any way that consumers where we can be helpful there, right? That's really job one. Mm-hmm. When I'm thinking about our agenda more broadly, there's two areas in particular where we've really seen incredible tailwinds, right? And so one of those areas is really in contactless payments. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to tap and pay for a consumer and really get the stuff on the other side. We at MasterCard are really passionate about paying, but consumers tend to be more passionate around the things that they're getting, (laughs) right? To really be able to enable that in a way that's seamless and through contactless payments, we've all suddenly become germaphobes, right? Mm -hmm. And so this has been a real opportunity for us as we work with our customers and partners in all the markets that we play in to just really accelerate that transition to contactless, which is also really important for work that we're doing in the digital world as well. And now I can talk a little bit around digital payments, but also talking about e-commerce specifically, right? And so as consumers were really on pause, as we called it in New York, where I live, and really getting our goods and services largely to come to us. It's been incredibly necessary for e-commerce and e-commerce payments to facilitate that growth. So we've been on a journey around digital payments, and this has just really been an opportunity for us to accelerate the work that we've been doing around click-to-pay, our commerce payments capability, which is allowing consumers seamlessly and incredibly securely to enable their lives in the digital world, getting those capabilities that they want. Right, whether it's you know Amazon being your supply chain for your household, right, and those capabilities are the other ways that goods and services are coming to you. And so, for instance, my dear aunt is 81 years old, and she's buying groceries online, which is something she never ever would have expected to be doing. And so, we're seeing a lot of different maybe demographic groups that we didn't see historically embracing e-commerce, but consumer behavior is really changing as a result of the pandemic. Right. And so you mentioned something really interesting there 
which is that sort of this was an, an opportunity to accelerate some of the plans. And so it sounds like one of the things that you had to think about was, you know, is there a pivot in our strategy or our focus right now, right? As we see changing market demands that show new behaviors. And so you mentioned sort of an acceleration. Is that the biggest change that you've seen so far that's had the biggest impact on your strategy? Well, I think that there's definitely an acceleration. In many ways, there's there's really reinforcement of journeys that we've been on as a company overall. So we're really enabling consumers' lives, right? And doing so at our global scale. Well, in within that, we want to be available wherever consumers are. But we also need to be on their side and protect them to ensure that they're comfortable, that they're protected if there's a fraudulent transaction. And so we've built up capabilities across the 50-some years that MasterCard's been in business where we're really expert in knowing that a transaction is actually good. And the digital world is actually reinforcing the need to continue that in terms of payment, but also look beyond payment and thinking about how can we take this incredible expertise that we have and think about cybersecurity more broadly, but also this notion of a digital identity. Mm -hmm. So when you're paying for something, in a way, you're really answering three questions. So the first question is, who am I? The second question is, am I actually me? And the third question is, what can I do? So let's say I want to go buy a cute pair of shoes. My MasterCard was granted because my identity was verified by the bank that I have my MasterCard with. And MasterCard works in the commerce ecosystem to make sure that I am actually me connected to that account that I have in the digital world. Right. And then on the other side of it is the stuff that our banks are really great at, which is understanding, okay, well, Karen's got some headroom. She's got the balance to be able to pay. She's very credit worthy. You know, I might actually know some more advanced things, right? This is a digital device that's known. We've authenticated this actual device. And so therefore, it's, I, I'm, I'm highly confident that this is Karen. Yes, absolutely. Please approve that transaction. And so we built up these rich capabilities over time. So we're doing a lot of work in helping meet consumers' needs more broadly in their digital lives. Mm-hmm. So we're building up capabilities around digital identity. So the same safety and security that we're providing consumers everywhere they'd like to be, everywhere that they'd like to shop. And really creating new capabilities around ensuring that, let's say that they want to get a bank account, right? A cell phone, COVID certification, travel seamlessly without pulling documents out. These are the kinds of things that consumers are really wanting in their lives going forward. And we're doing a lot of really interesting product development around digital identity more broadly. So Karen, I love how you have just touched on sort of this expanded scope of what it is that you look at. And I think it really ties into really understanding MasterCard's values and what what they stand for, right? And what the value is that they're delivering to customers. I mean, several times as you were sharing those examples, 
you know, the customer wants the shoes, they want to travel, they want to feel secure. So even just framing it from that customer perspective can be so important. But I also think sort of really having that clear value proposition helps companies, especially in times like now, right, understand how to pivot their strategy or what is going to be important to focus on. Because the examples that you gave of both enabling their lives and making sure you're there to protect them gets you to look beyond payment to include cybersecurity and digital identity, like you mentioned. And so I just really wanted to go back to that concept of that clear value proposition being so, so critical to the success here. The value proposition is incredibly important. And I think that also really tying the company's values and how we operate into this. Right. So we work with governments all over the world, right? We're operating in 210 countries and payments is an essential service. And so when you're working in partnership with governments, in addition to banks, we've been very involved in smart cities for quite some time, right? We work in highly developed markets. The United States is our largest market. We're working in developing markets and we're working in emerging markets and everything in between. So we have a vantage point around commerce. We have a vantage point around enabling consumers that's really rich and nuanced. And at at our core as a company, we really believe in doing well by doing good, mm-hmm. right? And, and you'll hear our CEO, Ajay Banga, you'll hear him talk about decency quotient. It's this importance of decency and your humanity in the work that you're taking forward. So. You know, as we think about how we operate in these different markets, we also have a very built-out innovation capability where we're very up to speed on technologies that are coming into play. You know, we're clear that the digital world is becoming more and more a part of consumers' lives. So it's a natural extension for us to say, hey, you know, we can play a role to help consumers really enable more of their lives beyond just goods and services but more capabilities and do it in a way that's seamless, do it in a way that consumers can really have control over. And as you're seeing in the digital world, your identity data is something that you really, I I think consumers are starting to understand implications of their data trail in these digital channels and are starting to want to understand more, well, hey, you know, I want to control this. I want to control this setting. I want to control this preference. And I think the appetite and maturity of the digital world is really leading us to say, you know, now is really the time for consumers to to have a digital identity that they can take with them, that's reusable, that they can control. And we're in the early days of actually working with the marketplace, doing some market tests around this across the board and working with partners. But our work with partners has consumers at the center. And how are we really getting to the essence of consumer behavior, consumer understanding, consumer mental model, and really getting consumers to embrace it by understanding how digital identity resonates with them. So you mentioned this emphasis on the consumers, right, and their mental models, and all of these really important factors that you have to understand to make sure that you are creating something of value to them and that will resonate right? Um, especially the concept of digital identity is very, very complex. So I'm curious to hear sort of pivoting from you know, what you've been working on to look at how you've been working. 
I'd imagine a lot of co-creation has to happen in this place and interaction with customers directly to get this deep understanding. But especially in the past you know, few months now, that can be really difficult to do if it was happening in person before. So what is the role of, I guess, the customer and the research that's currently being done there? And then also, how has the way that you're doing the work had to change? It's really a great question. So our team, the customer experience and design team, is really embedded within the broader digital identity team. And it's really been such a great partnership. Our product partners are amazing. Our business development team is really plugged in, very creative and subject matter expertise in the business more broadly. So we're having incredible activity in the marketplace around that. Now, the the times have had us bring, you know, newer and more creative solutions to bear. So we have really rich muscles around design thinking and co-creation with our customers that's really woven into our DNA. We've been on this road for, you know, really probably about 10 years, right? Starting with our innovation lab and then picking up speed all the way through the organization. So those muscles are really well honed. In the context of digital identity, we've been adding a lot more service design and service blueprinting into the mix so that we've got that focus on what's above the waterline, what's that experience the consumer's getting, but also understanding that there's different players in the mix delivering that seamless experience right? And really coming together in a seamless journey. So, you you know, I'll use travel as being something that was really important before the pandemic and then really slowing down for a bit, but also on a path to really coming back. So working with the partners that we've been working with on the seamless traveler journey, it was really a workshop in person, a day and a half, trust building, We have lots of consumer research under our belts. We've started in labs, but we do tons of cloud-based stuff. But really getting to this service blueprint, it really unlocked a lot of value. So you're talking about the experience, but then you're also unpacking all of the technical complexity that's actually required among partners to deliver it with the focus of this is the target experience that we're really looking for. So that's been really successful with us working with our partners, product team, business development. Everybody's really been happy with it. And then comes COVID. So how is it that we can deal with the fact that we work is happening and appetite for, you know, for this product that we're developing, this vision that we're building towards is really only increasing, Right. We've just seen a shift of markets in terms of, you you know, where the appetite has shifted. So a lot more focus in healthcare, a lot more focus in education, as we've seen in our own lives, how those things have really, you know, been changing dramatically and rapidly as a result of COVID. So a day and a half over a Microsoft Teams session or a day and a half over Zoom is not a great experience, right? So the team has been really resourceful in terms of, you know, really taking an approach with the partner, really understanding the situation and doing a lot of pre-work and taking that pre-work, designing out the service blueprint, maybe having some back and forth around it, So what you're doing is a two-hour facilitated workshop that's focused, that has the right preparatory work, that is appropriate to the medium and appropriate to the times, 
and then there'll be follow-up work and collaboration that really comes from it. So essentially, we found different ways of driving partnership and engagement using tools like Mural, using Teams more extensively, and using more capabilities where we're, you know, trust building with video and depending on, you know, capabilities that we have or, or partners, really just doing some testing and learning and figuring out what's actually getting us to the right consumer outcome. And so I'm interested to hear more about how this went virtual. This is something that we worked on at Forrester as well, right? Because we also do a lot of these ideation workshops and journey mapping workshops. And trying to imagine how those translate into the, the virtual world was difficult because, as you mentioned, people cannot just sit at their computer all day, right, and participate in the same way, especially when there's so much going on in their home life around them as well. So it sounds like you created these sort of incremental chunks of time that are much more sort of accessible for people. But I'm curious to hear from the results standpoint, do you feel like anything has been lost, right? Because there's a reason why these types of workshops were done in person in the first place. So I'd be curious to hear, you know, do you feel like there's a similar level of trust from all of the participants? Do you feel like you get as many ideas out of the sessions? Or are there any, any changes that you've noticed? You know, in a way, I'll say we've all been in this together. And it's important to note MasterCard is so global in scale, the digital identity team itself is very global in scale. So we have, uh, you know, we've got a market test in Australia. We have uh, some team members in Australia who've been there from the, you know, really from the beginning. We also have colleagues in Madrid and in the UK and in Latin America and in the United States. And my team is largely split between New York City and Dublin, Ireland. But it's COVID and people have been working remote. So I had a team member who was in Athens with her family. And we have some members of the team that were getting an extended stay in a particular place because it was a more comfortable place to be in quarantine. And so internet access and the ability to navigate global time zones has been more the operative than place. Mm -hmm. And it's important that that isn't just a MasterCard phenomena, right? As being a global team supporting a global business, our customers have all been going through this together as well. So the way MasterCard is decent and human and on the side of consumers it's really about being decent and human and on the side of the individuals at our customers who are going through a phenomenon that we're all sharing and sharing collectively. Right. So I would almost say that you're building trust in a different way. You're building trust in the face of adversity and Having the purpose of being productive is something that, you know, I personally think has been contributing to my mental wellness, you know, during a difficult time. And I really see that for the team more broadly and the ability to be able to check in and be present for each other and really tap into very interesting and challenging problem spaces with our customers it has collectively given us something to focus in on 
that's quite frankly been a bit less taxing maybe than the backdrop of the world that we've been in at the time. So trust in a different way. Yeah, I think that's an interesting perspective on it, right? Because that is so true that before you'd participate in type of journey mapping workshops or meeting with your customers and you do sort of build this degree of rapport, but you you could say it's relatively shallow at times, right? It's more just meant to be at ease, feel free to share your ideas. But now there is just this extra level of humanity (laughs) that is spanning all interactions and so when people do come together for a common goal, no matter right, what it is, even if it is something related to work these days, they bring that level of humanity to it. And so it can create and strengthen this feeling of trust, which I also think, Karen, is something I'd be interested to hear. So we've talked about the pivots sort of in strategy. We talked about the pivots in sort of how you're working. But there also are these pivots you know, that are happening with the team and how it's functioning together and the relationship. And you touched on a little, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you feel the team and the people that you're interacting with have reacted to COVID and if it's changed any dynamics. I think that the greatest probably change has been taking a team that pre-COVID was actually really motivated. This is a really interesting problem space. And we're all really loving rolling up our sleeves and, and tackling it. And we're, we've been very engaged with consumers. We've, you know, got consumer feedback over 7,000 consumers into it. So we're, you know, there's a lot of hum that is happening with the team and cross-functionally. But as we all really have been facing this and have been facing it so quickly, where we've all had to recalibrate our lives so quickly, the level of really coming together and connecting together as a team and as humans has been a really delightful part of the process. So having a global team, we've replaced, you know, the water cooler conversations with a WhatsApp thread and different team members in different regions were having different impacts at different times, right? So, you you know, our colleague in Madrid was having a different set of challenges than we were in New York. And when the tsunami really descended on New York City, you know, that was a period where people in New York were really genuinely fearful until we got to a point where we were really getting past and flattening the curve, right? So finding that humanity when somebody's kid is crashing our meeting and talking, it's just, you're getting those little bits of the next generation with people's kids has been one of the most wonderful things for me because it grounds everybody. We're, We're humans first. And, and that's been so important for us more broadly. The parents in the teams across the board have had such a rapid reshuffling and rejuggling of everything that they've needed to do in order to be present and to parent and to educate, right? And to, you know, clean the house and cook the meals and, you know, and do all, do all of this. MasterCard gave a series of COVID leave days to employees to be able to take in support of whatever challenges that they were facing. 
And all of the folks on my team that are parents in particular, especially of young children or where they're doing homeschooling, have really been able to take advantage of this benefit to help them manage just this incredible load that they didn't expect, Mm -hmm. right? That they had a whole system in place, right? They had a school that they went to, they, you know, X and Y, and making sure that their children can get the time and attention that they need. So if I'm thinking about anything, I'm thinking about the kids are really bringing it home for us and really keeping our hearts focused. And as a team, really norming and being there for each other is really important. And and I know my work really as a leader with the team is keeping everybody focused that we've lived through challenging things before, right? And the analogy I'd used with the team was really the financial crisis, where I was leading a team through a very challenging time and a lot of upheaval. It was a different challenging time, but we were able to get through it. And being at a brand like MasterCard, right, with our size and our strength as a company, but also our decency at a core, I think has really helped the teams just really be focused more on, okay, we've got this great project. It's really exciting. Okay, we've got another customer that we want to spend some time with. So it was easier, I think, with that backdrop for people to feel secure about where they were in their lives so that they could approach the challenge of an interesting problem space at work and do so in a way that everyone was supportive of people being able to craft their own boundaries around what was working for them in in times where we've had, you know, really lots of fluidity depending on where folks have been at and, and the particular constraints of their circumstance. So the empathy that we have for our customers and for consumers, we really plugged in and dialed it in for each other. Yeah, that is so well said, because I was also going to use that word empathy, right? And that, especially in the CX field, I feel like empathy is so core to what it is that we do and what we think about. And as much as we think about the customer experience, the employee experience is also really, really important right? To keep people motivated, to acknowledge them as humans. And so, you know, I think what you just shared was really uplifting, right? This idea that we're really beginning to tap into that employee experience and get to know one another and know what everyone is going through, whether, you know, it is COVID or it is a tsunami or it is anything that happens in their life at any time, even outside of this window we're in right now. So that is great. I also love the idea of a what's a WhatsApp thread going with with the whole team. That's a fun idea. It, it was really great on the WhatsApp of seeing you know memes and images and visuals that you know I might not be seeing in my feed. Now I, I'm taking a little bit of a social media hiatus now. With you know, there's probably one too many interesting times that we're living through right now. But WhatsApp was the one place that I could go and actually get the memes and be connected, but also getting them from a global perspective, which has really been a nice treat. Yeah, that is great. But Karen, thank you so much for sharing these ideas. I know that we covered a lot here, right? looking at the pivots in strategy as people and markets and sort of everything changed, then looking at pivots in how you worked. Right, because it sounds like while you already had a relatively dispersed team, there was this shift in 
needing to move things to virtual or adapting for different types of attention spans or what was going to be possible when working on these CX initiatives that you're working on. And then also sharing this perspective into your team, which I think is so, so important, right? The employee experience is always sort of just as important as the customer experience when you're working on projects, especially right now. So that was a really valuable piece of insight that you shared and how your company's been managing that. So thank you so much for joining, Karen, and sharing those with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm always up for some good CX talk. And it's it's really been interesting just reflecting on the challenges of the day. Thank you so much again. And listeners, thank you for tuning into this episode. And we will chat with you next week. 